0: Talk Property with Ian Collins.
1: Hello and welcome to Talk Property, the UK's number one property podcast. Busy programme on the way. Coming up. There's a lot of repercussions,
2: and I think the government need to understand that because obviously landlords need confidence. Yeah,
1: find out more about that. And why are these dates significant? 29th of September, the 11th of October. Details on the way. And this. You want to be a landlord,
2: it's a business, and you've got to treat your tenant as a customer, and you've got to be professional. All of that and
1: more on the way.
0: Talk Property with Ian Collins. Brought to you by Property Notify, the UK's leading source of property sector news.
1: And before we speak to our guest today, let's chat with Tracy Hambury. Tracy is, of course, the co-founder and director of the National Landlords Investment Show. They are the sponsors of this episode. How are you doing, Tracy?
0: I'm very well, thank you, Ian.
1: And a massively busy week for you, of course, because uh, one of those very one of the many shows happened uh, just a couple of days ago.
0: It did indeed. Yeah, we had um, Old Billingsgate in London on Tuesday, so uh, Monday was um, hectic, sort of building the show. <coughs> Tuesday. Yeah, very, very busy day. Great turnout. And um, yeah, it's, it's all quite exhausting. But we're almost at the end of the week now. We can have a glass of wine. So yeah. it's all good. Uh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> For those who the uninitiated, just explain a little more about what goes on at the show, what kind of things are there and discussed, etc
0: yeah sure so i mean old biddingsgate in terms of people that sort of came through the door it was just over 2000 which was incredible um there's you know so many exhibitors there now around about 100 exhibitors which um really serves the whole private rented sector and great for you know landlords um coming along there's a range of services there from legal to finance to furniture like you name it it's got everything in that show that you could possibly need and contacts um As well as that, the the really important thing as well is obviously connecting the landlords with those businesses. Of course. It's providing the education that comes with, you know, the 50 plus seminars that that, um, our experts sort of do on the day, um, including, you know, the big sort of panel debates, which we have seated in a 300 seat auditorium. First one um, being, I think that was the 1015, and that's with Andrew Neil and several other experts, um, including actually our guest today, um, Paul Champollina. And. You know, that was a great one to kick off the day. And it was a a pain free property journey. Yeah. And we also had a really good HMO debate. You know, there was there's lots and lots and lots going on there and seminars galore, really.
1: What do you notice the big areas of discussion right now? And obviously, we will tuck into much of this with Paul in a few moments. But what what did you pick up from that, Tracy, that people are uh, what are the narratives that people are concerned about?
0: certainly some of the the conversations that i had that day were people wondering is there going to be a crash you know how do they leverage through that crash what do they need to do you know sort of getting as much advice under their belts as they possibly can um and obviously you know all of the um sort of political agenda of what's obviously going on you know in in the sort of political side for landlords at the moment was um quite topical as well
1: tracy stay with us we're going to speak towards the end we'll find out a bit more about those next dates on the way
0: Talk property with
1: Ian Collins. Uh, so let's meet our guest. Paul Champlainer is the founder of Landlord Action, chief operating officer at Hamilton Fraser, and of course the host of Channel 5's Nightmare Tenants, Slum Landlords. How are you doing, Paul?
2: I'm good. Pleasure
1: to be here, Ian. Yeah, and I should say, you know, a regular in conversation with myself because we've had, I don't know how many dozens, hundreds of chats over the years.
2: Most definitely, yeah. We go back a long way, Ian. When you started radio, you had shorts.
1: Yeah, I was 11 at the time. You were 11. <laughs> and you've aged fantastic. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. Um, listen, look, there's lots to wade through here. Big area that whenever we talk about property, and you've kind of almost teased this, I say that in a positive way, over the years about new legislation that gradually comes in and how you know the sector will be changing almost unrecognisably over the years. And we're now at that place, right? We're we're really there where uh, there are seismic alterations, literally to the law of the land.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the latest announcement in the private rental sector is the 12-point plan by the government under the Renters' Reform Bill. It's just a white paper at the moment. It has to go through Parliament and get legislation for a lot of these suggestions and these points to become a law. But, you know, landlords are very adaptable. They're resolute. And there's been lots of legislation over the course of time. I mean, really, I go back to 2007 when they brought the early bits of regulation in, when They brought in the deposit protection scheme in 2007. As you know, I represent one of our brands is My Deposits. And it's obviously evolved now. I mean, the private rental sector now, Ian, has doubled in the last 10 to 15 years. The government are saying, well, look, you know, renters now pay more money than ever. I mean, on average, I believe a tenant's paying 31% of their income uh, and rent yeah. more than the social sector and, obviously, owner-occupier. So now it's levelling up. They want decent homes in the private rental sector. Sure. They're talking about the abolishment of Section 21, the two-month notice, which is the big headline grabber. And we can talk about that later. Uh, they're talking about periodic tenancies. They're talking about tenants requesting that they have pets and a single portal where you can register property and also land or redress. So it, I have read the 83-page document, wow. Ian. You're a, um, you're a good man, Paul. I know. I had to do it. It's my <laughs> job. It, it, it's nothing, Look, in my organisation, we do a lot of work with the government and we advise and obviously we run free government schemes. But it's nothing to fear. I mean, the devil's in the detail, Obviously, there has been some panic with landlords, and regulation is a big worry for landlords. And yeah. we can talk about when you are managing a property, you've got to think whether you want to do it yourself or use a regulated agent.
1: Absolutely. And it's just something you said there that never ceases to amaze me. It wasn't that many years ago, was it, that if you were, you know, you you, you kind of left school, you you met somebody, you thought about buying a house, but for a bit you thought, well, I can't afford to buy a house, so I'll rent one first. And, of course, that entire proposition has completely changed because it it isn't a cheaper option for everybody now to rent a house. It's on par or sometimes, as I think you just said, even more expensive. Well, it,
2: well, most definitely. I mean, look, there's, uh, 43% of renters, Ian, are between 16 and 34 years old. And now there's a lot more older, retired renters in the marketplace, yeah. and 30% of renters have children. So the, the, it's changed. The actual renters and uh, the landscape of renting has changed.
1: In terms of the, the, the 12 points uh, within the white paper, so what are people telling you, Paul, are the the, the the kind of big areas of concern?
2: I think the biggest concern is that in a couple of years they are going to abolish Section 21, which is a two-month notice. They call it a non-fault Notice, Generally, it's served if a landlord wants to sell the property, but actually, historically, it's been used when there is rent arrears. There is another process with regard to Section 8. And landlords are worried. And obviously, there's an, an issue when you have an antisocial tenant. A lot of landlords use Section 21 because it technically is easier. What the government are saying now is that tenants should have greater security. Uh, And they are going to bolster the grounds of Section 8. So if you want to move back in, you want to sell your property, they are talking about antisocial behaviour. They're going to have more mandatory grounds. But you need investment in the court service. You need more bailiffs. You need to bring mediation in. There's a lot of provisions that need to be in place before this is obviously abolished. And it hasn't been obviously a big fear for landlords but it is on the horizon they did it in scotland but uh, they're going to strengthen the grounds uh obviously they are naturally also talking uh, about other issues with with regard to the uh renters reform bill where landlords will have to be part of a redress scheme so like a letting agent is ian if a tenant makes a complaint or a landlord they can complain about their letting agent generally 25 percent of the time it's poor management service or yeah. poor communication so if I'm renting from you it's also a form of registration so obviously there's 2.3 million landlords out there the government want to know who the landlords are so having redress is part of that and it is going to be mandatory so if you're not giving me my deposit back or if you I'm complaining about disrepairs and you're not fixing them I have a place where I can have some redress mm-hmm. um, and obviously like I said we, we run a redress scheme so that's coming in uh, but a lot of it has been down to security of tenure and the upgrade having more enforcement and having much better properties within the private rental sector let's be very clear Practically all the landlords, loads of landlords out there are decent landlords, albeit some of them may be naive and they might be amateur landlords. But it's the criminal landlords that, you know, the landlords that take advantage of tenants, charge them too much money, put them in unsafe properties. And, you know, those type of landlords you see on my TV show, obviously. Ian. Of
1: course. I mean, lots of landlords won't be listening to this saying, hang on a sec, you know, this is. Sledgehammer to crack a nut, really, because most of us, uh, you know, a law abiding wouldn't dream of doing any of the kind of rotten stuff that you see on the TV show or you know you, you might read in a, a piece in the Daily Mail or something. So it's really a, a big old rule and a seismic change to address a, a very small percentage of landlords.
2: Well, I think this is a step change for actually the government saying if you want to be a landlord, it's a business and you've got to treat your tenant as a customer. And you've got to be professional. So, i.e. in Wales, they brought Went Smart Wales in uh, in their legislation where landlords have to go in courses, which is not such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the property is your biggest investment. So, yes, there's, I think at present, there are what, 170, 180 bits of le- regulation in the private rental sector, and actually that will grow. Uh, but you've got to keep up to speed, and, that, and that's a challenge for a lot of the smaller landlords that do the self-management themselves or don't belong to a landlord re- association or don't come to shows like uh, the National Landlord Investment Show. And that's part of the issue, unfortunately. So they want to professionalise the industry. And they're also saying, you know what, tenants are paying more rent than ever before. They should have a better service.
1: Yeah, I think most people understand that. But I guess there is a sense with, with, with this white paper. I mean, does it, does it favour tenants over landlords? Is there anything in it that the landlord would go, oh, thank goodness they've put that in there?
2: I think the reality is it does favour tenants. Uh, it, this is the levelling up. And your friend, Michael Gove, who is no more, i say it. Um, so it, it's about the levelling up. I think a lot of some of the, uh, you know, there's 12 points there. A lot of the, the items on there, I don't think are, I mean, look, a, a tenant requesting that they have a pet, uh, I personally think, I, don't, I think I'm all for it, but obviously depending on circumstances. So if you've got a small flat and, it, and you have a head lease, you know, having a massive alssation, most probably is not practical, but the tenant going forward when this is legislation can ask and request that they have a pet in their property
1: Mm -hmm.
2: the landlord has to turn it down and it has to be reasoned turn it down but also the landlord will say you also need to take out pet insurance which will cover damage you know and actually statistically a tenant with a pet can stay in the property longer but it depends on the circumstance you know also when you know that there, the government this government have not been in favour of rent controls. And I know there's talk in Wales and in Scotland, and of course that could stifle investment and the industry. Obviously, you go back to the 70s, they're saying that you, a landlord can only have a, a rent increase once a year, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm sure we're going to talk about the cost of living crisis and the inflation and all that type of thing. So, generally, the white paper and the renters' reform bill does favour the tenants.
1: In terms of the, the, the role of the landlord I know this has come up and it's come up on other episodes here but you, you touched on it there Paul, you talked about it, you know, it's a business. We talk often about the accidental landlord, somebody who's inherited a house or, you know, some somebody who um, just decided you know what, I, I'm not sure what pensions are doing, bricks and mortar seems like a safe bet. So they haven't thought about it as a business, they're not coming at it as a business, there's nothing within their mind it's a business other than, you know renting out a couple of rooms to their mates from the Pub or something like that, but is it fair to say those days are absolutely over?
2: Yeah, I think it's mindset. You've got to change your mindset, whatever your circumstance, whether you've got one or two, or you've got a portfolio, how you run your systems, how you save time. I think more important for a landlord, put a price in your time. You know, 85% of landlords out there have got a full time job, if I remember rightly. I mean, the vast majority. Have, have jobs and it's hard, you know, uh, dealing with legislation and dealing with all the issues. So I think you've got to make sure that if you don't understand it, you need to learn about it. it. I would recommend using an accredited agent and finding a letting agent is a job in itself. And you've got to make sure that you get testimonials, look at reviews, you see what their their services are, you know, how well do they look after a property? Because the difference between a let-only fee and a full management fees only four or five percent. You divide that over twelve months; it's not a lot of money. Whereby you don't deal with the tenant, and actually, do you want to take a call from your tenant at five in the morning? I always use this example that they've lost their keys because they're drunk. You know, you'd rather the agent deal with something like that. Uh, so, I think landlords have now got to look at their systems. They need to business plan. They need to look at exit strategies. Uh, I think also let's look at the market where it is at the moment. Ian, rents are really, really high, maybe an all-time high. They're going up month on month because the stock demands have become very low. And we see at Landlord Action, and I set up Landlord Action 22 years ago, we're busier now than we ever have been. I I think we're up 23 staff now at Landlord Action. Uh, And we are seeing landlords that are exiting and selling and cashing in their chips because of, you know, there's tax and there's a whole load of different sure. reasons and maybe non paying tenants. You've got to look at where you are and what your market is and are you in it for long term? And how mm. do you change the systems? Embrace property technology, yeah. you know, saves like, you time and, and covers your net. Well, I was just going to say
1: that the fact that there are, Fewer properties and this industry is absolutely thriving, I suppose, does endorse the fact that, you know, a good framework of legislation might actually be rather helpful, almost guidance like for for new landlords as well.
2: Yeah, I think it will,
1: will will raise standards,
2: but I think the practicality, because don't forget civil servants are bringing it in. They really need to know what's happening on the ground. Yeah. So they're thinking about periodic tenancies. Well, how will that affect the student market? You know, they're there for nine months, and how does that work? You know, there's quite a few, you know, antisocial behaviour, how, you know, landlords need confidence in the court system that they can get their property back. You know, there's uh, lots and lots of... Uh, detail that needs to happen. It, it would take quite a while. Um, I think that you've really got to be in this for the long term. I think you've really got to educate yourself. And I think that landlords just need to review where they're at, because I think these changes are some of the biggest changes in the last 30 years. And also the reason the government have made th- these changes, yes, because the sector's become so big, but also buy-to-let has changed, you know, it's changed from what it was 20 years ago and the
1: type of tenants. The other aspect as well that is kind of dominating everybody's life is the green agenda and again the the, the world of the landlord has not escaped that either because uh, the, the need yeah. to make sure you are environmentally sound and savvy is, is also a big talking point here as well.
2: Well it is and I think I think the upgrade of landlords' properties to a C grade and above for EPCS uh, to be in line with the green changes. So we're talking about water pumps and installation and solar panels and everything that needs to be up to date. Uh, the government needs to come out more detail, but that's going to be a big cost for for landlords. They say possibly on average ten thousand pounds. You're not taking a lot of rent, and you're in the northeast. It may be something that might tip over the edge of a landlord to sell the property. And the unintended consequence with that, and I think that's going to be more of a challenge, you know, uh, getting a lot of these properties up to grade C, is the unintended consequence is you might have had a really good tenant in a property that's been in a property for a long time. A lot of the time, landlords don't put rents up. They keep them lower. They don't do rent increases every year because they want, you know, to keep a really good tenant. And 95% of the tenants out there are great tenants, you know. But actually the unintended consequence in is that well now say, you know what, I can't afford it. It's not making money. I need to sell my property. And if I need to sell my property, I need to gain possession. And of course, if this yes. is coming in, they will have to evict that tenant. And that tenant could be homeless or they have to find somewhere else and they have to try and find more rent. So yep. I think also when this law of section twenty one comes in the next two, three years, I think also they'll see landlords panic and they will start serving notices. Because they think that they're going to lose that ability, so I think there's a lot of repercussions, and I think the government need to understand that, and that's why they need to take their time in how they implement it and what safeguards and measures to have in place. Because obviously landlords need
1: confidence. Uh, okay, let's bring Tracy Hambury back in with us. How are you doing, Tracy?
0: I'm good, thank you,
1: Ian. It's interesting listening to Paul very fluently. I don't normally like to compliment Paul too much, but, you know, very fluently and passionately outlining the changing face of the industry. And, you know, I guess, you know, when you do the investment shows, they are, you know, that's reflected, isn't it, in all of that? The the themes that get discussed, the kind of people that are there, the debates that are had do cover a, a whole cross-range of this kind of area.
0: No, they really do. Um, you know, and I'd like to say, you know, I think we've kind of sort of... Um, put ourselves into the space that going on that sort of professionalism and people having to sharpen their pencils, if you say. But, I mean, you know, I'd like to say that we are the show for the professional landlords. Um, They do come out in their droves. And actually, I'm just looking at a testimonial from actually um, one of the agents that were with us um, on Tuesday exhibiting. And, you know, just reading it now, it says, um, despite what we hear in the news and press, I felt very positive that there are still plenty of landlords out there wanting the help of experts you know that's a really nice thing to
1: absolutely have here, you know, and bringing it all yeah i was going to say bring it all into one place is really good now i guess particularly if you are you know fairly not completely new but you might may go to one of your shows and then suddenly real. it's only when you're there you realize that actually there is a lot of information you might not have re- known you needed but you absolutely do
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, I think, you know, as sort of Paul sort of highlighted earlier, you know, majority of landlords are, you know, are good landlords. And if you're a good landlord, you should be, you know, you should have good tenants. And, you know, that's testimony to that the the landlords that do come out for the day, that they, they really want this information and they can become unstuck very, very quickly with all the changes. You know, Steve and I fell into that trap probably 20 years ago. We had a... One of our first investment properties was a HMO in East Croydon. And mm-hmm. we did back then, you know, what we thought was the right thing to do. We had um, two small children you know we had converted a house into I think it was six units we lived at the top of the house which was interesting with all the knocks on the doors um you know but at the time then when we moved out you know we really couldn't afford to have a management agent to look yeah. after it we both had full-time jobs but you know I always say that was the one that got away but it became so difficult for us to manage it and run you know two careers mm-hmm. and bring up two children yeah. you know had I've known back then what I know now or there was this sort of resource available um I think we would have carried on with that, you know. Of so course. It, was a, it was a lesson learned, yeah. Um, you know, which is why it's so important that people, you know, people just keep on top of everything they need to, and there is a hell of a lot of that to do, isn't there? Yeah,
1: and that's the thing, Paul, isn't it? If you've got a, an agent there as well who has your back essentially.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I think a landlord will make a mistake, but let you know, good landlords do care about their tenants because the better they offer a service, the tenant will stay longer. And that's the name of the game. They don't want to avoid period. But I think, you know, picking up on uh, Tracy's point, managing a self-managed HMO is the hardest thing to do because you have different tenants from different backgrounds and you're hoping they will get on. You know, you can earn more money out of it, but you know, one slight mistake, and it's stressful. You know, uh, sure. we, we've seen many times at landlord action that uh, landlords can get a disease called landlord wage. It's not, e- it's not easy to deal with, really. So that's sure. why finding an agent. Yeah, do your diligence, and you, you know, find out about their local reputation and you know, go on a really good website called allagents.co.uk is actually one of the most important decisions you make when it comes to uh, your portfolio, because you need to make sure that your investment pays.
1: Particularly now with with new rules regulations coming in. Um, Just finally then, Tracy. I mean, we mentioned the Landlord Investment Show in London just last week, but it's not a one-off. There are more to come.
0: So we've got lots now still in the in the events calendar. We're going to Cardiff on the 29th of September. Um, we've got Manchester on the 11th of October and then sort of finish finale shows on the 2nd of November and then followed on by the List Awards back again on the uh, 17th of November. So anybody that obviously wants show information, show tickets, is completely complimentary. You can visit our website, which is all the W's, landlordinvestmentshow.co.uk. Um, And I'd like to add as well, Paul does an incredible event called Rumble with the Agents, which we've supported from day one um, and has actually raised tens of thousands of pounds. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a great night out. So if you are, you know, if you're if you're within the the PRS sector or you just want a great night out and help raise some money, um, I think that's on the 22nd of September, isn't it, Paul?
2: Yes, it is. It's uh, yeah, it is. And thank you for coming. I I was supposed to fight
1: at the last one, but I got COVID. Yeah, honestly. I was I was all ticketed up, ready to go to that. No, so you're going to come to the next one. You pulled the COVID card on us, Champlin. No, What's I can't going? believe I was. They thought I was a
2: wind-up. But more importantly, <laughs> we've organised for you to fight at this event. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm organising it that you can fight my 12-year-old daughter. All yeah, right? I
1: think she might win.
0: Oh, listen, <laughs> she, she's a feisty one. I would stay real yeah. clear. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'll be at the bar. Don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, right. Listen, Paul, great to have you on. We'll speak soon. Pleasure. Thank you. And well done, Tracey. you did doing a great job for the
2: industry with all these great events and uh, to educating landlords to make them more professional
1: fantastic that is paul champlain a founder of landlord action chief operating officer at hamilton fraser Uh, and tracy just run the website by us one more time please
0: yes sure so for sort of show tickets information seminar times um our website address is all the w's landlordinvestmentshow.co.uk
1: tracy have a good one we'll speak on the next episode
0: Absolutely. Thanks as always, Ian. Take care. Talk Property with Ian Collins. Brought to you by Property Notify, the UK's leading source of property sector news.